The recognised hour of former executions was quoted as precedent sure to be followed by the execution of the morrow. In others, it was asserted that Robespierre and his party would purposely depart from established customs in this, as in previous instances. Dozens of wild schemes were suggested for guessing the hour by fortune-telling rules on the cards. Bets were offered and accepted among the prisoners who were not condemned to death and witnessed in stoical mockery by the prisoners who were. Jests were exchanged about early rising and hurried toilets. In short, every man contributed an assertion, with one solitary exception. That exception was the Girondin Duprat, one of the deputies who was sentenced to die by the guillotine. He was a younger man than the majority of his brethren, and was personally remarkable by his pale, handsome, melancholy face, and his reserved yet gentle manners. Throughout the evening, he had spoken but rarely. There was something of the silence and serenity of a martyr in his demeanour. That he feared death as little as any of his companions was plainly visible in his bright, steady eye, in his unchanging complexion, in his firm, calm voice, when he occasionally addressed those who happened to be near him. But he was evidently out of place at the banquet. His temperament was reflective, his disposition serious. Feasts were at no time a sphere in which he was calculated to shine. His taciturnity, while the hour of the execution was under discussion, had separated him from most of those with whom he sat at the lower end of the table. They edged up towards the top, where the conversation was most general and most animated. One of his friends, however, still kept his place by Duprat's side and thus questioned him anxiously, but in low tones, on the cause of his immovable silence. Are you the only man of the company, Duprat, who has neither a guess nor a joke to make about the time of the execution? I never joke, Marginie, was the answer, given with a slight smile which had something of the sarcastic in it. And as for guessing at the time of the execution, I never guess at things which I know. No! You know the hour of the execution. Then why not communicate your knowledge to your friends around you? Because not one of them would believe what I said. But surely you could prove it. Somebody must have told you. Nobody has told me. You have seen some private letter then, or you have managed to get sight of the execution order, or... Spare your conjectures, Marginie. I have not read, as I have not been told, what is the hour at which we are to die tomorrow. Then how on earth can you possibly know it? I do not know when the execution will begin, or when it will end. I only know that it will be going on at nine o'clock tomorrow morning. Out of the twenty-one who are to suffer death, one will be guillotined exactly at that hour. Whether he will be the first whose head falls or the last, I cannot tell. And pray, who may this man be who is going to die exactly at nine o'clock? Of course, prophetically knowing so much, you know that. I do know it. I am the man whose death by the guillotine will take place at exactly the hour I have mentioned. You said just now, Duprat, that you never joked. Do you expect me to believe that what you have just spoken is spoken in earnest? I repeat that I never joke and I answer that I expect you to believe me. I know the hour at which my death will take place tomorrow, just as certainly as I know the fact of my own existence tonight. But how? 
My dear friend, can you really lay claim to supernatural intuition in this 18th century of the world, in this renowned age of reason? No two men, Marginee, understand that word, supernatural, exactly in the same sense. You and I differ about its meaning, or, in other words, differ about the real distinction between the doubtful and the true. We will not discuss the subject. I wish to be understood at the outset as laying claim to no superior intuitions whatever. But I tell you at the same time that even in this age of reason, I have reason for what I have said. My father and my brother both died at nine o'clock in the morning and were both warned very strangely of their deaths. I am the last of my family. I was warned last night as they were warned, and I shall die by the guillotine as they...